0: pray, Father, that you would just bless Mikey as he comes up, Lord God. Anoint him. We love you, Father. We praise you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Uh, you guys may be seated. I want to make a, just a quick cu- couple of announcements. Um, so today we have a guest speaker, Mikey Sanchez. I asked him to, to stop by today and uh, give us a, a Bible study, so I'm excited for that. Along with that, I just want to remind you guys, uh, Sundays, 9 a.m., we have leadership. Wednesday nights, 7 o'clock p.m., we're continuing through our book of uh, 1 Corinthians. And also, men on on Friday nights, if you guys can make it out at 7 o'clock, we we still meet every week on Friday nights. So uh, with that also, we do have an agape box in the back if you guys feel like you want to give uh, to Redeemed Church to the Lord. Uh, That's up to you. You know, it's between you and the Lord, and we don't ask for anyone uh, who's visiting today. You know, if it's your first time here, don't feel pressure or like you need to give. We, we just want to make that available for those who, this is their home, and they want to give to the Lord with that. Also, if anyone needs any Bibles this morning, we do have some Bibles. Uh, would anyone like a Bible in the back over there? Any Bibles? <laughs> All right. Um, we're going to get started. I'll, I'll give Mike the floor. Here you go. <laughs>
1: That's cool. Uh I as you can see this was not quite rehearsed, but that's totally cool. Me and Sal work together so much. You guys know that. Um well some of you do. Um that I don't think we felt the pressure to be like, Okay, and at this time, you know, you'll do this. But I wasn't sure during prayer if you said bless Mike as he teaches, if that was a cue for me to come up. <laughs> or or if that was uh or if that was just, you know, he was praying for me, which is cool either way. Um, uh, before I, I get into what we're going to be learning today, I just want to say that it's a privilege to be here. I also want to say that I, I believe with all my heart um, that the Lord brought me here. So I'm confident in this. I'm confident in the things that he put in my heart to share as for those that he brought. And not for one extra person, for literally those who he brought. And so, it, it's always a privilege of mine to be um, to be uh, a tool in the hand of God for specific people, and and that excites me. It excites me more than than trying to accomplish something big or trying to build something. I think there's nothing more important to me in my life right now than to be available. For God to use me specifically for people that he'll put me in front of and that could be co-workers and that could be uh, an opportunity like this um, to be a guest speaker. So I want to invite you this morning to open to Colossians chapter three. for those of you who have made this your home church i want to i want to say to you um what an encouragement you are to me um you've you've been obedient to god what god has pressed in your heart to be here and um you may think that there are multiple reasons why you're here but i want to encourage you to rest assured that the reason why you're here is because god brought you here um in one way or another, and and it's because in this particular season of your life, there's some things that you need to understand, and and so he brought you all this way. I'm reminded of, you know, Philip. I remember Philip was in, um, he was in a full ministry. He was involved, and God was using his life, and then and then God called him to go to the desert, to the wilderness, and Philip didn't quite understand. Why? God didn't tell him why, but God led him to this place. And it was there that God used his life and taught him, you know, a very important lesson when he ministered to an Ethiopian man who was searching for God and couldn't find him. You see, God, I believe, taught Philip the importance of the individual. Because it's so easy for us um, to see Christianity as um, a, a sea of people. And to see ourselves in a sea of people, of Christians. And when you think about God loving you, sometimes you can be, um, you can falsely understand his love as if it's just blanketed over a group. You know, he just sees Christians and he loves them. But it's important that you understand that God loves you as an individual. And it's important for you to understand that God loves people individually. And that every single person was worth him dying for. And so, um, I, I encourage you in this season, um, instead of just being like business as usual, I encourage you that you would, um, that you would listen for what God would teach you differently than the things that you may have learned. Maybe there's people sitting in here who are well versed in Christianity or in what God desires or what God wants, but God wants to teach you new things. And so, um, I think everybody here kind of knows who I am. Maybe a couple don't in the back. My name is Mikey Sanchez. I'm a good friend of Sal's. And, um, you know, it's been a privilege of mine to watch him go from just a young man who needed the Lord to um, a young man who was effective in the hand of God to a young man who rose to leadership and then ultimately to uh, a grown man who is now a pastor and a husband. And a leader so um, it's awesome to be a fly on the wall and witness that and to have at times partake partaken in in ministering um, to him alongside him and then even being ministered to by him so uh, it is a tremendous privilege for me to be here. Um, I want to pray and then we're going to get today's Bible study started today's Bible study again if you didn't catch it is Colossians chapter 3. And if you need a Bible at all, I know, I understand that there are Bibles available and you can just ask uh, Cell's father over there. If you need one, he could get one for you. Um, Father, I come before you right now and ask that you would empty me of myself and that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would just bring um, an openness to our hearts at this time. And that we would listen for your voice and that we would prepare ourselves to hear your voice I pray for encouragement I pray for strength I pray for renewed love I pray Lord for I pray for those who fear who feel weary or fearful stagnant and I lift them up to you now Lord and I, I know with confidence that you won't deny them to hear from you. And so I pray that you would be in this fellowship, in this communion that we have together with you. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. So as I was digging through the text to find out where I would where I would land, um, I, I, I thought I was going to teach in Ephesians and then a little, the little man in, in my brain that looks up things in the file. Somewhere he found that recently I heard that Sal was in Ephesians. And I thought, oh, that would just be the worst to teach something that he just taught to the people. And I couldn't remember if it was Sunday mornings that he was in Ephesians or Wednesdays or his men's study. But so then I I was I was like, oh, well, where do you want me to teach, Lord? And I'm digging through stuff. And I, I felt like I was like, well, I recently taught this. I could probably bring that, you know, and it was it came out pretty good. And the Lord convicted me like, no, no no recycling, you know. In fact, he's convicted me so much that most of the time I throw away my, my notes for a sermon because it just feels so important to me that people that are in front of me know that, that the message that they have, it, what God gave for them, you know, instead of it just being like, oh, I found something kind of good, you know. Let's see, Pastor Chuck's been dead for a while. People probably haven't heard this sermon, you know. Uh, so that's, that's far from my heart and And so God led me to Colossians and particularly chapter three. And so I'm excited to share that with you this morning. So let's dive right in. Chapter three, verse one says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above which Christ where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So notice he says the first thing, if then you were raised with Christ. And always when you see a if there is a a, a opportunity for there there to be two existence there. Right. Like if yes and if not, no. Right. So the question is that whether or not you are um, of this group, if then you were raised with Christ. Now, in order for you to understand the concept of you being raised with Christ, You also have to understand the concept of you being put to death with Christ. And this is extremely important because um, I believe in the United States of America, uh, the fullness of this concept is often overlooked. So many times what I have witnessed and I'm not bashing this by any means, it's something that I've seen and then thought in my mind, Lord, I've been guilty of that. And I want to make an adjustment about that is the idea or the sales pitch of being born again, right? Like, so you probably have heard it and maybe even responded to it. You go somewhere and you're a mess in your life or there's things that are hurting you, or maybe you've got a persona that everything's all good, but deep down inside there feels like there's something missing and the things that you've been pouring in have been failing. And a pastor will say something like, Man, are you tired? Are you weary? Come and receive Jesus into your life. You know, come and receive the goodness of Christ and everything that pastor is saying is absolutely true. But what often is overlooked and then you have either seen this in your own life or seeing it, seen it in other Christians lives. And that is a failure to understand that also what is being offered to you in that moment of new life is death. You don't hear on many sermons for somebody to come and die today. That sounds kind of crazy, you know. Sometimes it is nailed, I want to say. It's not like this is something just always overlooked, but many times it is. Because as Christians, we get so excited about what it's going to be to have a full life in Christ and how what my marriage could look like in Christ, what my... um, career or life or existence could look like with Jesus mixed in and we get excited because here's my opportunity, right? But so often what you will, what you will find in your life is that depending on how much of who you were is still alive is going to be more onslaught of attack in who is coming to life in you. Now, oftentimes we say to ourselves, man, Satan's been attacking me or Satan's been deceiving this other person in my life and they're attacking me. But in reality, the biggest challenge that you have in front of you is the old you coexisting with the new you. And many times what happened is a failure to recognize that when Christ called us, he bid us to come and die. And so when he starts off by saying, if then you have been raised with Christ, he has to assume that you first have died in Christ. Right? And he's going to talk about that. But what stands out, if indeed you in this room consider yourself a person who has been raised with Christ, is first of all, that you would seek those things which are above. Notice it right there in verse one. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now, I want to point out something important about this verse. Notice it's telling you to seek those things. This isn't a conclusion that you have already found these things. Don't worry about that. I teach on Sunday morning at my dad's house. There's two little boys. There's no children's ministry at my dad's house. And these little guys come out with every concept of question you could imagine. And they particularly are moved to do so at the height of a portion of Scripture in the Bible study. So this is very common to me. And it is this way when you have a small ministry. Don't worry about that at all. Um. So here are the instruction is for us to seek those things which are above, right? Looking for them. Now, it is important in a Christian's life that they are hunting down something. It is, it is as important that they are hunting as it is that they are catching. It is equally as important the hunt as it is the catch. I have met so many Christians that are discouraged because of what they haven't caught. In their Christian walk. I want success. I want to be an overcomer. I want to have these things in my life. And you have no idea that the thing that makes a Christian capable has been the many years they have spent hunting. When you open up the Bible, I don't expect that at every single verse you come across, the enlightenment of your mind is just going to open up. I don't expect that. And I don't desire that in my own life. Many times when I approach the text in the morning or whenever it is that I'm reading to seek the Lord, my approach is something like this. Lord, I'm here at your feet. And if there's something you want to say to me, I'm all ears. That automatically assumes that there may be something that he doesn't necessarily need to say to me right now. And the importance of me being at his feet is affecting my life as a Christian, even when I'm just sitting there at his feet. Have you ever loved somebody so much that sitting next to them encourages you? Have you ever lost somebody in your life that in your in your heart and in your mind, you think if I could just sit with them one more time, I have. And because the very presence of a person impacts me, sometimes the greatest hurdles that I've overcome in my own marriage with my wife has been the times when we can sit next to each other. And both be feeling the same exact thing. And so you understand, even in our limited minds, you understand the importance of being able to sit with somebody and say absolutely nothing and to be able to grow from that because of how much you know that they love you and how much you know that you love them. And so how important is it for Christians that they would be able to sit in the presence of God, even if they aren't clenching their fists and demanding that he say something? Learn patience. I encourage you learn patience because it's so important in your Christianity. And there's so many things that God is doing that you have no idea that he's doing. And so you have the search of Christ when you open up the text that you look for something that God would say to you and that you seek things above even things that you don't yet understand are there. That's OK. You know, I, I, it bothers me that Christians would be discouraged in the place of things that they don't know. Isn't it funny that we're never discouraged that a baby isn't born walking? We're never discouraged that a baby isn't born talking. We look at the baby as for what it is and we appreciate it for what it is. And for those of you that have little ones, you often miss what they were as they grow up. And and believe me, when I tell you, when Jesus said it's the childlike faith that he desires, there there is no limit. You aren't limited because you don't know everything. Right. So but it is important that you are always growing, just like the example of a baby. We expect that it would continue to grow, right? You, you wake up and if it's you know, if it's. If months have gone by and the baby weighs exactly what it weighed when it was born, concern comes in. And so we need to grow, but not be discouraged that we haven't become who we're going to become yet. And these are the aches and pains of being a Christian and growing is that there's a process. You don't just get to graduate at the snap of the fingers as it is with a church. As it is with a marriage, as it is. With everything that God brings into your life. And so. Seeking those things which are above. Notice the first instruction is not that you find the things that are above, but that you seek the things that are above. Verse two says, set your mind on things. Now, you cannot set your mind on things that you haven't found, which implies that in the search we will find. And whatever it is that you have found, you need to put your mind on these things. Now, this brings me to another very important misconception in Christianity, right? And that is sometimes we find ourselves trying to set our minds on things that we haven't found. And so we find ourselves playing Christianity to a degree that is further than we really are as Christians. If you're around Christians and you hear them saying, Amen, brother, what a blessed day it's been today. I'm just so blown away at the goodness of God. And you're watching, you're thinking, that's the way a Christian should sound. And you're wrong. I hope that whoever is saying those things has grown to become a person who feels this way. When I see a Christian and they have joy, my prayer is that that joy has been stirred up from within them because of time that they've spent with Jesus. I pray against the idea that they might be putting that on because they're supposed to be a Christian. That breaks my heart. Because that isn't them responding to something they stumbled across or came across. That's them putting on something that they're witnessing in other people. And, and God doesn't want that. And your pastor doesn't want that. And deep down in your heart, you don't want it either because you get tired of doing it over time. Because in reality, my life is struggling and I'm not happy and I'm fighting right now. And yet I have to yet again come to the Christians and put on the face and say, oh, isn't God good? You know, so let your reaction as a Christian, be a result of what you have found. And I don't care if what you found is something small. Be honest about that. You know, as a teacher and as a Christian and as a pastor, one of the struggles that I've had is meeting new Christians that have an expectation on me as to what I'm supposed to be as a pastor. And sometimes they'll challenge me, right, with the challenging questions. Well, you know what it says in, you know, in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, right? And I'm like, Numbers, I wasn't, I think I was skimming through Numbers when I went through it last time because I was like, again, really, again, you know, like, no, I don't remember what that is, dude. I don't know. No, (laughs) you know, and, and then, and then the little voice in my head, not the good one, but, you know, the other guy, he's like, oh man, you're really not a pastor. You should know that. I'm like, I'm not, huh? You know, but but the reality is I only am, and you only are what God has called you to be, what God says you are. Right? And so what do I know? Th- that that's where it becomes simple. I look at a person and it's like I, I have no idea, but here's what I do know, right? And and that's how I live my life, and that's how I want to encourage you to live your Christianity. And again, I'm not encouraging you to just be happy with what you don't know. The, the, the growth has to be there. We talked about the baby, right? But but don't feel the pressure to display what everybody around you is displaying when you haven't yet stumbled ac- across a reason to do that. I would encourage you, if, you if, if you've been a person that during worship you have your hands lifted, if that's just something you learned, stop doing it. But if it's in your heart, do it. Let me tell you something about surrender. Like it wasn't until I needed him so badly that I was like, you can have everything, God, here, like whatever you're asking for, here it is. And then I found my, I was like, oh, wow, (laughs) that's where that came from, you know? But notice it's a reaction to what is actually happening. (laughs) it's a reaction to what is actually happening, right? It's that God is teaching me something. And so this becomes a response, right? Earlier you heard Sel say, let us continue our worship in the teaching of the word of God. That's because whatever was going on between you and God as songs were played, We're hoping that you enter into an even deeper version of that as you begin to understand more things about him in teaching. You're like looking at the Lord. And worship is a response, a reaction to 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 what God is doing in your heart. And that's why I don't need people to get in the habit of saying amen as I'm teaching. But when I see whatever it is that's making them respond, if it's a head nod or if they're just like you just can see in a person's eyes that they're understanding like what is being said. That is the response that and that is encouraging to me as a teacher. Right. And and that's why I always encourage people, you know, not to just be distracted with their phones or or with thoughts of where you're going to go after church today or, you know, what your week looks like, because you can miss out on what God's saying to you or wants to say to you. And so in verse two, set your mind on the things above. And I want to not add to the text, but encourage you to set your mind on the things that you have found in your seeking, which was verse one. So that it may invoke a real reaction and a real. A real demonstration of what Christianity really looks like in your life, right? But notice also in verse two, it gives us the other side as to what we're not to look at. And that is not on the things of this earth. Now, you heard me mention earlier about the two aspects in someone being born again. The first is. That they died to who they were, and the second is that they are being raised up to where they're going. And he. Points out that that not on the things of this earth, because that's what drove you before. You know, sometimes when a person um, comes to me as a pastor and I've thought at a distance they were doing well, right? They they came and they had a smile and they said, good morning or whatever. And they shook my hand. I said, how are you doing? They said, oh, it's doing good. How about you? Oh, I'm doing all right. And we have these kind of exchanges and then you say, well, have a good day. And then you don't see them anymore. And then the next time it's kind of the same thing. And then at some point, you know, because they start to trust that you are a servant of the Lord, they're like, Hey, can I talk to you about something? Yeah, anything, you know, and they come up. And now the next thing that's going to happen is going to vary, right? They're going to open up deeper and they're going to just, they're going to give something that is a deeper reality of where they are. And that, I've come to learn, has a very big variation. Sometimes it's like, hey, I've just been struggling with sorrow. Like, okay. And you. you go. But sometimes it's like, hey, I'm a drug addict, and I've been, you know, like, oh, on the streets. You're like, whoa, did, like, didn't even see that coming at all, right? Or, Or something that you might feel is huge that people would normally hide, you know, like, I— Like if you knew what I have done or what I've been doing, like you probably wouldn't want to look at me right now. Like, But I say those things because when before we knew the Lord, we were driven by the desires of our flesh and we were and we were looking at what we wanted that we thought would make us happy a marriage, a home, a life. And this is this is where my focus is. These are my goals where I want to be what I what I need. And you came up with that. You came up with that idea while you were in your flesh. Like what I want, like, man, if only I could have these things, I would be happy. And and you came up with that. In a time when you were distant from God. So here's what I would say to a person when they are in those shoes. If you're coming to the Lord and you've come up with this idea of what you need before you approached him. It is better for you to come to him and say. I was going to talk to you about all this stuff, Lord, but in reality, I realize that I've been distant from you, so I'm just going to put all of these things down And tell you that I need to change because I've been away from you. This is the most important thing that you can do. When you come to Jesus. And you want to know almost inevitably what he's going to say. He's going to be like. I know. I know because I revealed that to you. That it's me that you have needed. And from here on out. Just leave everything there and follow me. And I'm, and as you follow me, I'm going to, as the scripture says, all these things will follow. Like, I'll I'll, I'll work on those things, but I'm not going to work on them in the way that you want or demanding me to. I'm going to work on them in the way that I know they need to be worked on. Now, can you trust me? Will you trust me? Because you can trust him. And this is the big pivot point in our life. The answer is yes. You've let go of all the reasons why you came to him. For him to fix things. You've let go of all those things. And you preferably, hopefully become a blank slate. And you say, Lord, if I lost everything and if I get nothing back, Let me be in your presence. And what what is it so sadly that we do is that as we're walking with him. And we start to get a little taste of joy again. Like, oh, like this is what it's like to love somebody or be loved. This is an awesome feeling of what it's like to be a parent or this is what it's like to work and to be able to make actually enough to, to, to get a car or to be able to provide a home for someone that I love. And you start getting excited. And, and I don't know why we do this, but I know that we so often do. We start rummaging through that basket that we once laid down. And we're like, we're like, man, like, as I'm walking with the Lord, and he's providing for me. I'm the type of person that really enjoys being admired. You know, I really enjoy that. Or I'm the type of person that, man, I get so excited, you know, when, when something that I do, like people are just blown away by it. That just stirs me, you know, like when people are like, dang, that was crazy, which I love that stuff. And you just start re becoming who you were. And the justification in our minds is this. Well, as long as I don't do the three things that are in that basket that I knew I was never supposed to be doing, right? And I don't want to be that person. But all those other things, that's who I am, you know, like that's what I like, and that's what and somewhere we stop asking God as the author of our life. Admittedly so, we we acknowledge He's the author and finisher of our faith. We stop acknowledging him as the author and we start taking that pen back and authoring our story. And I've been guilty of it as a Christian. I've been guilty of it as a pastor. Because it's easy to overlook because we're so focused on, well, at least I don't have this sin that once overtook me in my life. But you know what's weird about when you start re- Introducing yourself to who you were, it was that person that you were that was enslaved to those things that you did. And you were set free of who you were. And God started to introduce you to who you are to become. And you think that you can still become who you were. Without the things that destroyed you, but it was who you were that was drawn to the things that destroyed you. Let's look at what he continues to say, as he says to set our minds on the things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I want to point out something that stands out, jumped out of the text to me. As I was studying this. Hidden with Christ, life, hidden life. I, I, I wrote that in my notes. Hidden life, question mark. There is such thing as a life that's not hidden. It's the one that we were all born into. It's the one that you were before you became a Christian. But as you died to Christ, now picture life being an oxygen tube, Right. And whenever people come to church and they hear a pastor saying, you know what? It's time for you to die to who you were and be born again. And then a person, the first thing that stops a person from raising their hand or from giving their life to Jesus is their oxygen tube, right? Because in their life, they have become a person who needs things that they're enjoying in their life, especially if it's like a relationship that you're in or something. You're like, man, I fell in love with this person now, like. You're telling me I need to change, but my life is like one with this person. They don't hate God, you know, and so there they are and they're like, you're asking me to trust God and he's saying he's going to be everything that I need. But I don't know if you've ever been running out of breath like in a pool or like somewhere where you need a breath like that's fine. Oh, yeah, it's easy when you first go underwater to hold your breath. But if you're like playing or you start feeling like you start getting stuck, then desperation sets in. Right. And so it's at the thought of not being able to continue to breathe that your mind explodes and you're like, I have to get a breath. And so I want to ask you to pray for people when they're sitting in a service and, and invite for them to be saved is coming out because those people are feeling like they are. Hanging on to the very thing that is their life. And you're the pastor here is saying, yeah, just die. Just let it go. And you're like, and everybody's like, come on, you know, the song's playing, the lights dim. And they're like, dude, I feel like I'm drowning. I need these things in my life. And you're telling me to give them all up, you know. So. So. It is a miracle every time somebody gets saved. It's not a miracle every time somebody raises their hand. It's not a miracle every time somebody goes down on a field. It's not a miracle every time a person makes an action towards being saved. It's a miracle every time a person gets saved. Now, I'm not saying that going down on a field is not, doesn't work. I'm not saying that going forward or raising your hand or dim lighting and everybody, let's just before the Lord right now. I'm not saying that those things aren't real. But I'm saying that of the people that are going forward for those things, not all of them are really being born again. Right. We know that we've seen that. And I'm also saying that when a person is, it is a miracle. It is a miracle of God. It's not a mir- It is not something that pastor did a good job. It's not it's not something that that worship leader did. Awesome. It's a work that God did and only God can do. And it is a miracle, And us as Christians who have seen it a thousand times need to stop and re-remind ourselves that people can't save people, that God had to miraculously grab that person's heart and draw them to himself, and that was something God had to do, and it was something also they had to respond to. And that's something we can't wield. We can't make it happen. We lie to ourselves and think that we can because of the way that we have orchestrated being born again to such a degree that we're more likely to get a response. But the true actual change of that person's heart, we can't make that happen. So that's God's work, right? And it's a miracle. So it is a miracle for a person to be breathing through a tube that is their life and to be told to just let it go. You're Oxygen is going to come in your lungs. And they're like underwater. Jesus is telling you he's going to save you. Like the, the, the nature reaction is to go back to the tube. Like, yeah, you could feel a great thing in a church. and You're like, oh man, I was, God was touching my heart, but you know, you're going to go back to your reality life, like your home, your bed that you sleep in and the people that are going to call your phone and the people that you want to hang out with this coming weekend. And they have become your life, life source. And God's asking you to give that up. And when a person makes a decision to do that, it is not it's a miracle. It's not easy. And we need to respond in our hearts like it is a miracle when you're watching it happen in someone's life and be encouraging in that way. So but I want to talk about the tube that they will receive to breathe. Because they are giving up the life source that they once had. And the life source that they are about to receive is a hidden life source. Understand this. It is hidden to the world. You, you cannot prove to people that your life is in Christ. You could tell them. You could repeat things. You could repeat some YouTube video that you saw some pastor do a really good job of explaining what it's like to follow Jesus. But you can't prove to a person That Jesus is your life source and they're never going to know that unless he becomes their life source. And I stand before you today to tell you that I cannot be exist without Christ. But the skeptic looks and says, you're breathing oxygen like I'm breathing oxygen, you're living. And that's just a little figment in your mind because. You know, of of social impact, like people around you, you guys are all group and you've accepted and they could come up with their scientific, psychological, whatever reason why I'm a believer. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt uh, about my relationship with Jesus and my walk with him. And that he is my life source. And this is something that is hidden. From those who have not experienced it. But every person in this room that is has truly experienced it knows exactly what I'm talking about. And I need it as desperately as I need a tube of air underwater. And it is only when I'm rummaging through the basket of who I once was and beginning to feel satisfaction with like some of the things that I enjoyed before being admired by people or thinking that I'm something special in the room or any of those things. It's only when I start rummaging through that basket that I start taking for granted the life source that is only Christ. Because I'm like, ah, I really enjoy this and enjoy that. So much so, it breaks my heart so much so, that I can watch Christians get so dived back into that basket that they laid down. That they begin to become angry and upset at the people Around them that love them the most. Because those people aren't feeding. Their desires as much as they want. Let me tell you something. uh, Spouses. (laughs) Because I'm talking to husbands and wives. Your spouse makes a terrible. Terrible. Replacement for Jesus. Makes an absolute. Loser. Replacement for Jesus. Jesus. And you know what happens when they are your life source? They aren't enough. And so you have nothing but disappointment in them. Nothing but disappointment in them. And admiration for what other people have that seems to be a better life source. And then we start comparing what someone, what a a husband should be, what a spouse should be. And the reality of the situation is that we are already Christians who have tasted the life source of Christ and then have begun rummaging into our old basket that we laid down and re-stirred up the thirsts and hungers that we once had and thus distanced ourselves from the one who is actually providing everything that we need, this hidden life source. And now the only life source that we have is the person closest to us that is doing a poor job at meeting the new thirst that we re revived or old thirst, I should say. And we are growing weary and upset at them. And why do I know this so well? Because I have experienced it, but I also have experienced the still small voice of God in the middle of feeling like, you know what? Why am I trying so hard again? And then all of a sudden, the Lord's like, "Hey, uh, hey, Micah, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a while since me and you were just uh, hanging out." Like, what do you mean? I taught. I was hearing out. Like, yeah, no, I know, I know you've been doing a lot of stuff for me, but I, I, I kind of just miss like me and you hanging out. And. I want to encourage you and invite you to to allow the time you spend with Christ to be the biggest portion of your life. And I don't mean that in your time schedule. I mean that in in the quality of existence, like when you wake up. Greet the Lord. Like know that he's with you. When you're looking at somebody who is turning into uh, the worst version of themselves, right? like you could see it coming if you've been married, like you could spot it coming like like it starts off you know with little isms of their personality type or the way that they are, and then and then you see it start coming around the corner, and you're like before you even engage, you're like, oh yeah,' they're, they're like they're back, like this version of them is back, and they're here right now, And like so often, um, we engage in that alone. Whether Even holding our tongue, we do it alone. We look at them and we're just like, I'm not going to say anything right now. But that conversation is just happening, you and you. It, and rarely, and I sa- I say this sadly, um, rarely is it you, is it two people next to each other about to engage this person. Because sometimes it's our spouse and sometimes it's us. Admit it, right? And so um, we're about to engage this person alone and you're gonna fail you're gonna fail so understand the death that w- that took place when you received Christ understand the newness of life the new life source the new hidden life in Christ understand your failure in rummaging and resurfacing who you were even when you're not yet including those sins that destroyed you because it's who you were and all your thirsts and all your wants and all of your bragging and all of the things you enjoy about yourself that that enslaved you to those things, right? And understand these things and stay in fellowship with Christ. As a pastor, as a teacher, it is often in my heart to be happy when a person shows up again on Sunday and to look for them when they don't and feel like I hope they're doing all right but but deeper yet than either one of those two things is the thing that a pastor can't see and that is that a person is walking with Jesus And allowing his love to penetrate their heart. And allowing him to be their life source. Husbands, your greatest life source in your marriage is Jesus. Wives, your greatest life source in your marriage is Jesus. And only with this life source can you love a person through their impossibilities. And know that you're not alone. But that I believe in the end, and this is like, I'm going to close with this. I believe that in the end, you will find that who you became as you stood before Christ was designed into the trials and difficulties that you endured as a Christian. Not as a non-Christian, as a Christian. Sometimes as Christians, we look at God and say, Lord, I've chosen to follow you. Why has it not gotten easier? And the answer is that when you stand before the Lord, you will realize the work that God did on the character of who you are. Through the the trials that he designed into your story. And that he, if only you keep your eyes on him, sustained you through it all. And actually brought those things that we see in Christians when they're authentic, like joy and peace and love. That hopefully the next time you hear a person say, man, praise God, I hope that that's something that is coming out of them as a response for who they for what God is doing in their heart, not just a learned thing that we do with our mouth. I encourage you not to feel discouraged if you don't sound Christian enough, (laughs) Um, I don't think Jesus sounded godly enough to the Pharisees. So you're not judged in this place. You're not judged by the inevitable things in your life that you can't control. I can't control the personality type of my daughter. I can't control the seasons of weariness in my wife's life. And nor can I always see when my flesh is creeping up in my life. But I find strength, power, victory, purpose and effectiveness. In my hidden. Life in Christ. My hidden life source, which is everything that I need. And it's everything that you need. Um. I want to close today's uh, Bible study by giving an invite for people to come to know Jesus. But I also want to close my Bible study with an opportunity for Christians that are already Christians to start over. Um, And I want to make sure that I make those things very clear and separate, right? Right because I'm not just trying to make people feel comfortable that nobody knows why I'm raising my hands. I want to make it clear in your heart between you and God why you're raising your hand if you raise your hand. Because I'm not interested in ending the day and saying, man, I got, I got five hands raised, or oh, I only got one. I'm not interested in either one of those two things. I'm interested in honest responses, not to me but to God, right? So I'm going to start off by those of you, if you're here and you're not a believer or you've never entered into your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ, as Sal comes up and plays a song, I just want to give you time to open up your heart to God. God. And ask him if he's speaking to you. And if you want to give your life to Jesus. If you're willing to die. To let go of your former life source. Air source. And to be underwater. And to have heard his voice to such a degree. That you know it's him speaking to you and not some guy that planned it. And you're willing to take in his life source. I just want you to think about that as the song is played. And at the end, I'll ask you to make a decision. And then I'm going to address those of us who are believers.
2: I love
1: Ask Jesus to come into your life and you want to do that right now. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand right where you're at. Father, I thank you so much for your truth and the way it's poured out, and I pray for the seeds that have landed that they would take deep root and that they would grow in due season. But I pray with all my heart, Lord, that they would not die, that they would not be plucked out, but that they would root themselves so deep in the soil that in due season we can see a little sprout of what you're doing. Lord, I, I come before you now also because one of the things you gave to us, and I'm so, so thankful, God, that you gave us this because we can't just be born again again and again. We don't get to go up at an altar call again and again and again and again. I know we could and you wouldn't frown on us, but the truth is that we can't just rehear it for the first time. But then you went and gave us something. You, you gave us repentance and you you allowed repentance to exist in a christian's life we know that being born again is an opportunity for a sinner who doesn't know you to know you but then you gave this gift to christians where we saw lord even in your text people that were following you and then they failed they fell short or they just woke up and realized that they were off. Men like Peter, when he heard the rooster crow. Or Timothy. Or Thomas, when he was doubting. And so we ourselves, Lord. We've been in places where. We're like, we need to, we need to start over. And we barely, we didn't realize it. We didn't see that we had drifted out to sea. In some cases, it's not so much that people find themselves here out to sea as much as it is. They just find themselves more awake in this moment and realizing things that need to change. For this too, Lord, you gave us repentance. That we can come to you and say, here's Here's a basket again, Lord, of some stuff that needs to be laid down. I don't remember when I picked some of them back up, but here it is. I see it. And I'm laying it down at your feet. If that's you this morning. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Cool. I see you. I see you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Let's all stand together, all of us right now. I'm going to pray, and then after I'm done praying, we're going to go right into a worship song. During that worship song, after our prayer, let us just spend that time with Jesus, with our eyes on him. Father, I come before you now to stand in your presence, Lord, with with these friends of mine. We're in your presence, Lord, not, not because of other people right now although there's a lot of people that we love and we know that they need you. We're not in front of you because of what we see going on in the world, although we know that that is real and big. But particularly right now we're in front of you, Lord, because of our hearts. And we know, Lord, that we can't fight fights overcome battles. We can't win in our children's lives and win in our spouses' lives and win in our jobs. We can't do that stuff when our hearts aren't right with you. We certainly can't do it in a way that's pleasing to you. And so we come before you right now, Lord, to lay these things down and to set our hearts and our minds on you in a way that's pleasing to you. Lord, we ask that you be our life source, our sustainability, our strength. Forgive us of these things that crept up and help us to identify them. Thank you for loving us and for seeing us through in seasons when we weren't worthy. And uh, as we end this morning, just continuing to worship you and put our eyes on you. I ask, Lord, that you would find in our hearts something that's pleasing to you and that you would give us strength, Lord. We love you and we do thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
2: holy, there is no one like you, there is none besides you, open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are, reveal me with your heart and lead me in your love to those of Jesus, the name above every other name, Jesus, Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy, worthy of every breath we could ever, we live for you, God, we live for you, and holy. Will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation i will put my trust in you alone and i will not be shaken and holy there is no one like you there is none Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are. Reveal me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me.
0: Father, we thank you, Lord. You give us opportunity, Lord God opportunity to come back to you, Father. Lord, that we can walk forward, Lord, in your will, Father, to live that purpose-filled life, Lord God. I pray, Father, that we would take these lessons, Father, and that we wouldn't leave this place the same, Lord. Father, that they would take root. We love you, Lord God. We praise you, we thank you. Bless your people, bless your church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, awesome. Well, thank you guys. Uh, We'll see you guys on Wednesday night. God bless.